0: Progress. Okay, so we're up to Daf Membei Amid Aleph, just to finish the perik we're about six lines into the page, V'amra just to finish the parak. the parak is talking about the Yisar of Hanifa, Membei Aleph, 42a, the, has talk, the, Gemara, the Gemara had been talking about the Yisar of Hanifa, the Isar of flattering um, Russia, so it says the Gemara, V'amra Avalozer, Kol Eida, Khanufa, any congregation that has in it flattery, Me'usa Kanida it's as repulsive as Anida as a woman who's Anida. How do you know that someone who flatters is like Anida? Shneemar ki adas galmud. That any congregation that has chanifa, that has flattery, is galmud. Now, galmud, what does galmudmud mean? came <speaking in Hebrew> Yom, currently nida galmud. In the island cities, they call Anida, a woman who's Anida, a galmud. So you see that if you have chanifa, you're like Anida. nida. Now, it says ma Galmud, what does the word galmud mean? What's the shorash? How do you see nida in galmud? Gemula da mebaila. Gamul is a, in that lashon means separated. Gamulada da mebaila. She separated from her husband. just to finish the parakol sheyesh ba'chanifa. Any congregation that has flattery, soif ga'ila will eventually go into golos. As we just said, the pasuk says that if you have a congregation of flattery, it's like a nida. And you see, the pasuk refers to Gamuda regarding exile. So therefore, if someone has flattery, that congregation will eventually be exiled. of Barab, Arba Kitos Ain Pnei There are four groups of people that are not zayich and Doesn't mean they don't have. It means they have a certain. Their connection to Hashem is, is separated. That they don't get to feel that connection to Hashem. Who are those four c- categories? leitzim. Those that are leitzim. Leitzim are the people that make fun of things that are serious. Make fun of davening. Make fun of learning. Make fun of Torah stuff. That's a leitz. Kas Hanifim, the group of people that flatter. Kashkarim, lawyers. And Kas Misapi Hara. And those that speak lashanhara Hara. Those four categories have a separation between them, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Kas leitzim, how do I, we'll just find that shows separation regarding all these. Kas leitzim, the Apostle says, he withdraw, Hashem withdraws his hand from those that are leitzim. So you see, that's a separation. Kas chanifim, as we said, kiloy l'fan of chan of Those that are, as the Apostle says, flatter shall not come before Hashem. Kas... Flatter nice no, flattering means... Uh, complementing the lifestyle of a rasha in a way that implies that we accept his lifestyle. <laughs> the passage says that Hashem says, I don't want a liar in front of my face. That's be separation. And the, the Hashem Hashem does not want, desire those that are wicked, those that speak, Hashem is righteous and no evil can dwell in this mess. Okay? What well, about the folks who are religious going into the world? If they're allowed to be religious, they're allowed to be religious. Right? It's not one of the Shevimitzis, it's not a problem. I believe in something, yeah. um so the next Mishnah deals with Meshuch Muhammad. Now the Meshuch Muhammad was a special Kayin anointed in order to, dis, to, to talk to the Jewish people before they would go to battle. I just want to clarify one point because the Gemara is going to speak this out. There were two things that he would say. One is that when the soldiers, before they would go to the front lines, they would all gather together, he would get up and speak. Now that speech was basically telling people who not to go. If you just got married, Parsha's key said, say if you just got married and you didn't stay the year, go back home. If you just planted a vineyard and you didn't go back home, build a house, go back home. He would help. And then when they actually got to the front lines, he would get up and give like a Lahavdil speech, like, a let's go speech. There's no more fear. They're not gonna have mercy on you, don't have mercy on them. let's let's get them. But that's what this mission is dealing with. The mission says, Mishokh Melchama, the ka, the Kayan who was anointed for battle to speak at the battlefield, Besha when he speaks to the people, Belosh and has a midabr. He has to speak in Losh and It has to be in, in Hebrew. It can't be in the doesn't matter. Well for you know it doesn't matter. It, 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 this, is, this is what he has to say. Shinamar, as the Pasik says, The Pasik says. That it shall be when they go to battle, the Kayan shall approach to speak. That's referring to the Meshukh Mahama. And he speaks to the people. Now, by the way, the Gemara is going to instantly ask a pretty obvious question, which is, how do you see from the words that it has to be Lashen HaKadosh? It just says that you speak. How do you know that's has to be But, okay, the Gemara will elaborate. Fine. The Mishnah then says, what does he tell them? And he says, Hero the Jewish people, which the Gemara is going to point out. Why does he use that's his introductory remark, Shema Yisrael, which we obviously connect to the Shema Yisrael, which the Gemara is going to discuss. So he says, Listen up, Aleveichem, you're about to battle your enemies. I mean, what does it mean? He says they're not your brothers, meaning it's not a civil war, which unfortunately the Jewish people had between the shape the other Shematim and Benyamin. During the times right before and Nabi, there was a civil battle, civil war. You see, civil war is terrible, but at least you're being attacked by Jews. They'll have Rahmanis. He said they're not, you're not attacking your enemies. You're attacking your enemies, you're not attacking your brothers. Lo Yehuda al Shimon, this is not a battle from Yehuda against Shimon, Shimon it's not Shem against it's This is not a civil war. Why? Shemtip will be. Because if it's a civil war and you're captured by a Jew, you know at the deep down they'll have Rachmanes. As the Pasik says, between the battle of Yehuda and Yisrael, the says, the men of Israel, uh they took people from Yehuda as captives. And what did they do when they captured other Jews? They clothed those that were naked. They anointed them, they showered them, they they took care of them. They took care of them like any Jewish person would take care of his brother. And they mounted them on donkeys. They returned back to B'Shemron. There was a certain protection that Jews had for each other. So the says you're not attacking Jews, you're attacking Goyim. If you're captured by them, there's no there's no Rachmanis. So understand that going in. for you also not to have misguided Rachmanis. then he says. He mentions four lashon. And Al-Tar-Tzu. 4 Lushens of do not fear. Do not fear, do not fear, do not tremble, do not fear. What, what are these four? So the mission says there are four things that scare soldiers. There are four noises that scare soldiers. And each one he was saying do not fear. First one is, <laughs> Do not fear the, the sound of the horses. The horses coming, that many horses could be very frightening. And the, banging, the swords banging against their, their armor. That could be very frightening, so do not fear that. Altiru, also do not fear. the clashing of shields. They would bang their shields together to make a lot of noise to intimidate. Do not fear that. Altakbuzu, do not panic. That's Mikol from the sound of Shifers. They used to blow horns when they would attack. And Al do not be broken, from their shouting. The enemies would shout as they would run. So all these four things. says the Meshach Muhammad, do not fear. Why? Because God is with you. The Meshach Muhammad says, they're coming with physical power. But you're coming with with the power of Hashem. And then the Meshach Muhammad, the Meshach explains, the Polishtim put all their faith in Goliath during the times of David. Maya Seifa, what happened to Goliath? Seifa, nothing. He died, and his people died. Bnei Amo in Bavel nitzchud is Shal followed. They, their confidence was in a person named Shavuach. Maya Seifa, what happened? Seifa, nothing. He died, his people died. Atim, my came, but you are different. The Hashem lekeichem leleich mchem lelochem mchem. The Shmuel Chama says, you're going with Hashem. That's the Aron going before you. Therefore, because the Aron goes with you, that's Hashem going with you. You have nothing to fear. Now. The Mishnah started off by saying that he has to speak in lashon hakadosh. Why? Because of v'dibar la'am. How does v'dibar la'am tell you lashon hakadosh? V'dibar la'am just says he has to speak. Where is there an indication of the language of which he speaks? Says the Gemara, "Ma'ikah Amar." Well, what's the source? V'dibar la'am. V'dibar la'am just means he speaks to the Jewish people. How do you know it has to be lashon hakadosh? So, this is what the Mishnah means to say. It says the word by Moshe and it says regarding that Moshe spoke and Hashem responded regarding the Just like over there, it was. Um, just like over there, uh, the Aserah Sidibus were given over in Lashon HaKodesh, Avkan, Lashon HaKodesh. So it's V'diber, V'diber. That, That's the source. It's from shava of the word V'diber. Okay. Now the Mishnah, the Gebrisa speaks out a lot of what we saw already. Now we said there's a concept called the mashul HaMohama. Okay. Now for anyone that's not familiar, the Gemara is going to elaborate, that means there was a special kayan who is a high-level kayan, who is anointed specifically for this purpose. So the Gemara explains, A kayan goes to talk to the Jewish people. Now, the passage just says kayan. Maybe it could be any kayan. Maybe it doesn't have to be someone who is especially anointed for this job. Maybe it could just be a random So You might think that any kayan is suitable to speak. The passage says, The officers also spoke. Meaning, after the Meshul Mechama, would speak, then the officers of the court will also speak. So now we're connection between the Mashulh Muhammad and the officers. The Dibra Ma just like the officers are appointed by the courts. Therefore, the Kayyin that speaks has to be appointed. You can't just have any random cayyan get up there. He has to be appointed for this job. Okay. So there has to be a Kain that's appointed. Fine. Ama gadol. Uh, okay, I'll be honest, if you tell me you're looking for a Kayin that's appointed for something, I would say a Kayin Gadol, he's appointed to be the Kayin Gadol. So how do you know that the one who speaks is not the Kayin Gadol? The answer is, The answer is that this Meshuch melchama has to be similar to officers, just like officers have a boss on top of them, So, too, it has to be a kayan who has a boss on top of him. So it can't be the kayan guddle because the kayan guddle has got no one on top of him. He's the boss. So, therefore, it has to be a kayan that's beneath the kayan guddle. Because the King Gadol has no boss. Isn't the king on top of the Kayin Gadol? He's greater than the Kayin Gadol. The answer is, The Melech is more powerful than the Kayin Gadol, but not when it comes to service in the Beis mikdash. In the category of service in the Beis mikdash, the King Gadol is the ruler supreme. Therefore, it can't be the Kayin Gadol, because you need someone who has a boss on top of him. And although a kohen gadol has people to answer to, not when it comes to serving the base of mikdash, he has a melech, but the melech can't serve in the Base of mikdash like he does. So therefore, it can't be the kohen gadol. So said, okay, what about Skan? There was a deputy kohen gadol. The deputy kohen gadol's primary job was that if the if the kain gadol, something happened to him, he would he would step up. So maybe he should be the one who speaks. The answer is Skan lav mamunuhu. You can't pick the deputy because the deputy is not appointed. You need someone that's appointed specifically for this. You can't just say, use the deputy of Kain Gadol. He's not appointed. The deputy of Kain Gadol's job is that if something happens to Gadol, he steps up. He's not appointed for anything. He is, by definition, a backup. He has no appointed power. Therefore, it has to be someone that's specifically appointed for this job, and that's why it was a new job created called the Meshur B'cham. Titania, as the B'cham says, What is the function of the He is just there to replace the king Gadol, therefore he has no actual appointed power, therefore it can't be referring to him, it must be referring to a special new position called the Skan, uh, called Meshul HaMulchama. Okay? Now then he says to them, when he starts his remarks about do not fear, he says Shema Yisrael. What's his point of saying Shema Israel? Shema Israel, Ma'aseh Shema Israel. Why does he say start off by saying Shema Israel? shim Baruch Hashem is telling the Jewish people. I feel like Yamte Nim Sarbi Adam. Shema Israel means that Hashem is telling the Jewish people. Even if you only say Shema in the morning, Shema at night, that's enough for me to protect you. You don't have to be the most people, but as long as you have Shema in the morning, Shema night, that's enough to, to protect. The Brisa speaks this out that I tell I told you when we started. He speaks twice: one before they go out to battle to tell you who should go out to battle, and then one at the battlefield where at that point there's no turning back, and you should not be fierce. The Gemara says Pamaim Medaber Imam. The Mishul Machama speaks twice. Achas one at the border of Eretz Yisrael on the way to war, and at that point, that's where he tells people who to turn back, who's eligible to fight, who's not eligible. If you're afraid, turn back. All that stuff. And he speaks one at the battle, at the front of the battlefield, right before they run out to battle, and that's where he said what we said in the Mishnah. Who I miss? So what does he say? before they go out to battle, go to the next page, he tells all the people that are exempt, return, meaning if you're afraid, if you just got married, go back. What does he say when they're actually at the front lines? Again, he says those four lashan of do not fear. And it was corresponding to the four things that the Gaim used to do at battle. Magifin, which is they would bring their shields together. Marian, they would blow shaifer. Tzvachin, they would scream. Verizon, and they would stamp with their horses. So those are the four things that he would say that they should not be afraid. Now, from here until about half, towards the end of the Amid, we're going to be dealing with Goliath. Talk about Goliath a little bit. The Gemara says, Goliath, what was his name meaning? Goliath is from Elohim Giloy revealed. Echanon, sh- omad, he had a Giloy which is a brazenness that he stood before Hashem. That Goliath every day would go out and say, Who's this strong enough to battle me? And he was really referring to Hashem, Kavioch, that he was saying, Hashem, is not powerful enough to fight me. he says, ish He says, Take any man. And attack me. Ish was referring to Hashem. Hashem Hashem So what he was saying is, Goloi. He had a brazenness that no one, no other person had, which is that he turned to God and he said, "You can't even fight me." Now, Amrak the "How did Hashem respond?" So Hashem responded, "Not only you're going to fall, I'm going to make you fall by a small person." I mean, David was not an imposing figure. You see, if he's beaten up and destroyed by a, uh, you know a muscle man, Arnold Schwarzenegger type. Okay, fine, okay, so he lost the the muscle. No, Hashem said, no, I'm gonna tell a little young man with a slingshot, with a little rock is going to take you down because it's it's nothing. Shinemar, The David ben Ish Ephrasi has a and David was in the son of Ephras, meaning that he was the he was the one who defeated. And it says regarding David that he was ben Ish. He was a young man. He was he was small. It wasn't a, an imposing figure. We have this concept. I think that you, you describe it more like al You shouldn't say something that could be used against you. There were three times where Goliath used a lotion of defeat about himself. Not intending for it to be about himself, but he actually said it, which was like sort of foreshadowing that he would fall. The three R's, (laughs) he said, take a man, and instead of saying, attack me, he said, let him come down upon me. That's a lotion of defeat. So he said, like, instead of saying, let let him attack me, he said, let someone here and, and defeat me. Even saying, defeating you was his way, was Hashem's, like, say, you know, foreshadowing. It's going to happen. Two more times. He said, if you will succeed in battle with me, he'll smite me. As he's saying it. The guy will de- defeat me. He's, again, using shyness of his downfall. And the last one is, he said to David, You come with me with a stick and with a stone. But he said, You come upon me. Again, all these shyness of defeat. Now David Namiya Amrlay, Atta Baalai Bicharbi Khanisabakidan. But wait a minute. But David said to uh, said to Goliath You come with uh, you come upon me with a sword. David also had the lashon of defeat. So why why isn't that bad? The answer is Hadr Amalai, because David then responded, because David then said, I come with the power of Hashem. Since David made it then the power of Hashem, the opening words were no consequence. Okay. Now, the Passo continues that the Golias every day would come out and say, Who's willing to attack? But when would he do this? He would do it in the morning and at night. Why would he come out in the morning and at night? Specifically, come out once a day, whatever. Or was he coming out in the morning and at night? says the Gemara, he was a Russian, he was a real Russian. We had in the Gemara before that if you if you say shachris in the morning, shachris at night, you'll be protected. Goliath didn't want us to have kavana when we said Shachris. Mm-hmm. So Dafka during his man Shachris and during Myriath, he would come out in order to instill fear, to rile everybody up, because he wanted to mavatl their kavanah. And he did this for 40 days. It was correspond to the forty days that the Jewish people received the Torah. Okay. Vayyetsay ish habanim um, mimachnas pelishnim. Now it describes Goliath as ish Habinayim. What does is ish habenayim mean? My benayim. Amrav she'mevuna mekolmum. Benayim means built. He was built built free of noble blemishes. His body was perfect. He was a powerful person. Another pshat. Amrav she'mevuna. I'm sorry. Shmuel Amar bein yishaver He was the most proportionate of his brothers. Again. He was a giant, but he didn't have a... He was yeah. he was built to fight. He was built perfectly. He was... Like if you had, went into a lab and came out of a person, it would be Goliath. He was just in the middle. No, so... He, so was, so in the he was the middle of... So he had these big guys, yeah. Like, and he was—he was—he was the middle he wasn't of the. Even the biggest. Oh, he wasn't even the biggest. But I saw Rashi says, but that was a compliment to him, I mean, because you could take it both ways. You could say that he had even bigger brothers, but Rashi says he was the most proportion of the brothers, also, because he had bigger and smaller, but they were like disproportionate. He was. <laughs> yeah but the bunch shot is that it was more like he was he wasn't even the strongest of his brothers which the gemara will talk about his brothers in a second because they all came from arpa his mother was arpa from the famous um, rus story of rus and arpa being the donals of Naomi, rus staying and converting and becoming a big tzaddik is the grandmother of david and you have arpa who uh bad stuff happened as we're going to see so these are all going to lead to the, <laughs> the the blemish that is arpa the Boy He was built like a built like a house. Mm. Now he says no Mibane means confusion. Like Mibane means from the middle, like a mixed up. He was born from a hundred stepfathers and one father. Meaning the night that Arpa gave birth, that conceived from him became pregnant. She lived with a hundred men, so they never knew who Goliath he Benayim. He's from amongst the people because they don't know who his father is. Because a uh, mother was a Mazan. The Migas. The Gemara is going to run through some of the insults about Arpa. And obviously, this is take down Arpa. She was a Shah. And also, Goliath was a terrible person. So, this is, uh, you know. Um, so, the Gemara says like this The Golias Migas. His name was Goliath of Gas, from the city of Gas. What does it mean, Gas? Tender of Yosef called Dosh and Gas. Gas means a wine press. Everyone lived with his mother the same way a wine press is, like people step on the grapes. Everybody stepped on the mother, everyone lived with her, she was trodden like a wine press. Another, the Gemara also says that this man came, it says, it's written, but we read it as. So it's a place. So what does it mean? Hara is the beginning of Bia, beginning of relations. Ha'rois means everybody. It's really Maroches. It's, it's written Maroches because everybody lived with his mother. Everyone lived with Arpa. Ksiv Harafa, ksiv Arpa. It describes in two different places. One is called Arpa, and one is called Harafa. So which one is it? So the Gemara says Rav Shmuel. Um, two different shatim. Her name was really arpa. Why she called Arpa? She called Arpa because everyone sodomized her from from behind her back. So she was uh, she was like a mezana. And some say no, her name was actually Arpa. And Harapha was a nickname she called Dosh and because she was crushed by men living with her like uh, you crush kernels of wheat. We find the word Harapha regarding crushing in another Pasuk in Tanakh. The Pasuk says in Shmuel. He took the woman, as he spread the curtain over the opening of the well, and she scattered crushed kernels of wheat upon it. So you see the word means crushed kernels. Another source, if you crush a fool with a mortar, you crush kernels of wheat with a pestle. Okay. Now, the passage then continues regarding Goliath's uh, lineage. It says, Harafa, who was arpa had four sons, one of them being Goliath, and they all fell to David and his people. So my, my Ninu, who are the four brothers uh, of the four children of Arpa? Amrach Saf, that's one. Madoid is a second. Galias is the third. And the last one, his name was Yish, Yishmi Benoiv. That was his name. Those are the four brothers. And it says they fell by the hands of David. In the hand of his servants. Why did? Why was it that Hakadosh Baruch Hu wanted that David HaMelech was the one who would take down Goliath? <speaking in Hebrew> The Pasuk says that we know that Nami had two daughter in laws, Rus and Arpa. Rus stayed and Arpa kissed goodbye. It's apropos that the children of Arpa, which is Goliath, will fall to the grandchildren of Rus, which is Davin Now, the Pasuk says, Now, even if you're a terrible Russia, you have to do something to, to, to warrant having such prestigious children. Even terribly prestigious, but still. Uh, so says, Arpa wasn't a great person when she left Naomi, she cried four tears in the those four tears So that's also four words So you see that the four indicating the to the four four kids Now the pasuk says regarding Goliath's spear Chetz the shaft of his spear, except Eitz it says the wood of his spear. So what does it mean? So was his spear made of wood? Was it made of uh, made of metal? So Amr, Avalazar, Adain LeGan Lchatsi Shivroi Shaloi Se Rasha. Chats Chait is from Alsham Chatsi, and it's saying that all the praise that we just had of goliath of how big he was and how strong he was, the Apostle isn't even listing half of the praises. Because you shouldn't praise Rosham fully, so it's Chait. It's half of the praise. Because all the praises, you know, uh, you shouldn't fully praise Arashah. Says the Gemara, Why are you praising him at all? You're right, you shouldn't be praising Risham, so why do we have to know how strong Goliath is at all? What's the purpose? Says the Gemara, (laughs) The answer is to praise David. Because the more you praise Goliath, while it is praising Goliath, it also is praising David. you say, wow, David and took down such a great warrior. So that's the purpose of it. Now, We'll just finish up. It said in the Mishnah, after Goliath, it said that Bnei Amoin, their warrior of choice was a man named Shaivach. And he was also fought, uh, taken down by the Jewish people. So the Gemara says, Ksib Shaivach. It says Shaivach, which means a dove, a dove coat, which is where doves live. Ksib Shaifach, And it also says shayvach in the passage. So pouring. So which one is it? Is his name Shaivach or Shaivach? So Rabbi Shmuel, some say his name was actually and why was his name he was built like a dove either it means in size that's where the doves live they all fly into little holes or it means that the same way a dove has a lot of compartments his armory he had different weapons he was like a very powerful soldier The um, no, his name was actually and was the nickname and of Because anyone that stood before him spilled out like a flask. That's how he was destroying people. Now, now that we mention this, the Gemara says, let's mention something else about warriors. The Pasuk says about Nebuchadnezzar's mm-hmm. armies, it says Ashpa was like an open grave, and they were all mighty warriors. What does it mean Ashpa was like an open grave? Rabbi Shmuel. Ashma means a pile. One opinion says that when they would shoot an arrow, it would make piles of dead bodies because they'd kill multiple people with one arrow. And then what's the shot of the Pasuk? The Pasuk is saying, I'll read you the Pasuk now. When they would kill someone, when they would shoot arrows, it would make piles, they're all mighty. Why do you have to say that? Meaning If you want to say, don't say, that they're just very skilled with the arrow, but they're not very strong, meaning, the fact that they kill a lot of people with arrows doesn't necessarily mean that they're mighty warriors. Maybe they're just like scrawny little guys who know the science of, the answer is no, no they were mighty also. They were powerful, strong people, very skilled. The Another shot says the pile is not talking about uh, dead bodies, rather when they would go to the bathroom they would make heaps and heaps of excrement because they would eat so much. Meaning, don't tell me and don't say that maybe the reason why they have heaps of excrement is because they have stomach problems because they have, uh, they have ulcers, whatever. They have stomach issues. And when you have stomach issues, you go to the bathroom a lot. No, they're going to the bathroom because they, they eat so much meat and red wine. They're powerful Viking-type people. Now, the Gemara just says you do see from here. The, the, the Brisa just said that maybe they go to the bathroom because they have stomach problems. You do see from here. You see that if someone is producing a lot of waste, it's actually a sign of a stomach ailment. Mm-hmm. So Gemara says, "Okay, who cares?" The Gemara says, thank you for telling me. What's the difference? The answer is that if someone is going to the bathroom a lot, go see a doctor. Uh, you should uh, go make sure you should know that you, there's, there's something wrong. You got to go see a doctor. Exactly. The pasuk says the, the pasuk says doga believe is a pasuk initially that dread in man's heart uh, let him destroy it what does this mean this is actually very interesting <laughs> so i love this gemara. um the gemara is saying that if you have dread in your heart you should squash it mm-hmm. meaning get rid of uh like anxiety and stress and, and fear how do you do that two different shaltim and it's two different types of people like an introvert, extrovert. The Gemara says, Ravami Ravasi, Zamach One says that if you have a lot of stress, get out of your mind. Meaning, push it down, distract yourself. My, my approach. Get it out of your mind. Chad Amar And some say, no, speak to others. Talk to therapist, speak it out. There are people that like to speak everything out, and there are people that like to squash all the emotions down. Two legitimately good options from the Gemara. I will stop there. So, worthwhile to